Hello and welcome to Rawcast. This is the companion podcast to King's College London's multi-award winning student newspaper, Raw News. I'm Matthew Seaman, one of Raw's podcast editors, and today I'm going to be talking about the theatre community. As an English undergraduate being based on the Strand campus, I'm lucky to be in the heart of London's West End for most of the week. Obviously that's been affected by Covid. Today I'm going to talk about some of the amazing opportunities there are in the West End of London, from the plays and musicals that are available to watch literally on the road of our university, to those smaller productions slightly further afield. For the past few years I've co-run the Instagram fan account for the hit West End musical Everybody's Talking About Jamie with my friend Grace. Since then I've been lucky enough to experience what a theatre community really is, and this led me to write one of the recent articles I've written for Raw entitled Why Theatre is More Than a Hospitality Industry. Because whilst theatre has ultimately been shut for a year now, the sense of community is not lost. For the past three years, I've got to know and love a diverse group of people through this one musical, Everybody's Talking About Jamie, who are branded as the Jamie community, many of whom have seen the show several times, including myself. It's actually 61 now, I think. (laughs) Some are aspiring performers, and many relate to the show's LGBT themes. I remember in one of my second year English modules uh, with Professor Alan Reed, we discussed the difference between community and immunity in theatre, that there are some people who go into a theatre wanting to be distant from what's going on on stage and sort of put up a pretend barrier between them and the stage and don't want to be affected by the piece of theatre they're watching, compared with those who do want to be immersed, like myself. Whilst of course it is important for us to accept the spectatorial nature of theatre, it is becoming more and more apparent in this current climate that modern audiences want to feel affected. In my opinion, theatre is no longer about a celebrity being stood up in the spotlight with us in the darkness, looking up. It's about relating to what's happening on the stage and taking it home with you. Everybody's Talking About Jamie is about being a single mother, it's about being a gay 16-year-old who wants to become a drag queen, it's about being a bully, it's about being a best friend, it's about being um, an old drag queen who's given up on life. Everyone can find a little bit of themselves in Jamie, and that's something I've experienced over the past few years. I've seen people of all ages discovering their role within society and finding characters and stories within the show that resonate with them. Tom McRae and Dan Gillespie Sells' story empowers so many young people to tackle their futures more confidently, and this is exactly why we need theatre now more than ever. I think it's clear that theatre allows us to live vicariously, even if only for two hours at a time, through somebody else. This ultimately provides us with the tool to express ourselves more truthfully. As long as it has this quality to it, it will never simply be a spectator sport that the audience is immune to. With the current popularity of immersive productions like The Great Gatsby, my point is only proven further. Theatre is not just entertainment, it's so much closer to an essential thing more than a hospitality industry. Over the past three years, as a community, the fans of Jamie have come together on several occasions to celebrate the show at our Jamie fan events, which I've been lucky enough to co-host. So many friends have been made, groups have formed, and the atmosphere created by a room full of people celebrating their love for the same thing is magical. Noah Thomas, Shane Ritchie, and the full cast are set to return to the Apollo Theatre from May the 20th, as soon as socially distanced indoor performances are permitted from the 17th of May. I think going forward we have to approach this new wave of theatre in the knowledge of its heightened importance. Whether the government recognises it or not, we need to support the industry and fill the seats appropriately. Theatre is much more than entertainment, and we are much more than just bystanders or onlookers. We're part of the magic, and so it's our responsibility to prevent the flame of the community from burning out. So, step out of the darkness and into the spotlight at Everybody's Talking About Jamie from the 20th of May at the Apollo Theatre, and you can join the community on Instagram at jamie.musical. So today we're going to have a chat with some really special people who I've met along the way. Whilst Jamie is the reason I met them all, there's so much more to their stories in terms of the theatre community that we can discuss. 
first, we're going to talk to Luke Bayer. Luke suddenly accumulated a huge fan base after appearing as Jamie in the West End. He was the original alternate and had his Monday evenings and Wednesday matinee performances. Since leaving Jamie in January 2019, Luke has appeared in Fiverr at the Southwark Playhouse, as well as Soho Cinders at the Charing Cross Theatre, both of which were amazing productions. I've been lucky enough to get to know Luke through Jamie. We interviewed him when he was in the show, um, but I think it'd be really nice to have a little catch up with him now. Hi, Luke. Hi, Matt. How are you? I'm really good. Thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad. Thanks very much. <laughs> so how have you been keeping yourself busy over the lockdown? How's it all been for you in the past year? Uh, I mean, the past year has been pretty bonkers to be honest I mean I feel very grateful very lucky I feel like I've been quite busy within reason of coronavirus and being able to actually do things like I've been quite lucky and I got to do the drive-in uh, and quite a few different bits and pieces um, I did like a lot of online concerts at the start of the pandemic which was a whole new experience um, so yeah I mean I've been plodding by but I'm so ready for normality now I'm ready to just kind of be back in London back in normal London I don't want to be back in coronavirus London where yeah. we have to wear masks and like limit being set outside and all those kind of things so I just want normality now so I feel like we're kind of finally on track to that which is exciting um so I'm feeling optimistic now which is exciting it does feel like we're on track hopefully fingers crossed I just wanted to sort of ask you what your first experience of theatre fandom was when you started out uh, getting involved with theatre when did you first realise that we're all a bunch of crazy obsessive people oh um well I had obviously done a couple of things before before Jamie, but Jamie for me was kind of the first real like big kind of where I was exposed to like fan culture and 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 people that love going to the theatre and things. And I literally loved it. And I came out of stage door and would spend hours just chatting to people. I sometimes miss my last train home just because I, I liked <laughs> chatting to people. So I'll just chat away and like I like to know where people have come from. And obviously for me, I always think and say this that. I'm from the North and when I used to go and see shows at London, if I went to stage after a show to meet people and they were really nice or they gave me a bit of their time, like to me, that was kind of invaluable growing up. Like, yeah, that means so little to, to a performer to come out and just have like a conversation or whatever. But to someone that's watching a show that could make their whole experience. Granted, it's not it's not a given that a performer has to do that. And obviously certain occasions, it's not possible for performers to come out if they're tired, if they're ill, all these different like circumstances and if you've got plans you can't always come out and spend loads of time at stage door but um but I I really liked the experience of meeting people and and that's kind of something I'm looking forward to going back to as well because you kind of become like a little family with the with the the fans if you will that come and watch all these things because they come and support all the things you do and it's it's such a nice a nice thing and it's kind of like a journey I feel like a lot of the people that have come see a lot of my work we've kind of been on a little journey together yeah. because now looking back at when I kind of started out, if you will, in Jamie, I was, I was kind of really young as well. And a lot of my, like the people that come and support the things I do were quite young and are now like young adults, like 18, 19, 20. And they were much younger when I first met them. And it's just kind of cool to see how people have, have developed as well and are going off on their own little journey and how theatre and being part of that community has helped and enabled people to grow as well. Cause I feel like, for some people, especially, it was a huge lifeline to have those friends that maybe didn't have a huge group of friends at school. And then and people came and they connected with each other at stage door. And it was just a really nice, um, like safe environment and space, I thought. So I think it was a really nice 
thing a group a community if you will yeah. I think a community is kind of a great great word for it because I feel that's very much what it became and like I know you know obviously being like the head of the Jamie musical page like it's a huge thing like so many people have come together and met via that group and yeah from all different parts of the country the world and it's yeah, amazing exactly. so amazing like yeah, I think it's those things that people will remember you know the experiences of of chatting with you at stage door and how giving you have been to so many people I think that sort of makes an experience of going to the theatre whole for a lot of people and it's something that they'll always remember those experiences of talking to you and and having that little journey alongside your journey do do you feel like um I I assume you realize at this point you're always going to be part of the Jamie family um no matter how long it sort of goes on for and you know how I would would hope so of course you're always (laughs) that's always going to be like you're always going to be tagged and stuff all the time that's always how it's going to be so I love it I love it I feel like I I would hope that I would be I mean the the way that the show has evolved and will continue to evolve like even like seeing videos and pictures of like the South Korea cast I'm like this is crazy like uh, yeah it's amazing how it's evolved and and to be part of something that has grown into this kind of global phenomenon is at the very start as well is amazing and I think it's nice that there are some people who did see your Jamie some people who were there from the start and then other people who haven't have only, only just joined and it's nice that there's sort of I, th- I think it's an accepting community no matter sort of when you came along I would hope it's like that mm. and yeah, so exactly that your lockdown uh, theatre projects that you spoke about, obviously I, I watched the Fiverr concert, that was amazing, but you've got a lot um, lined up, I could use a drink, rolls, hair, so much, so yeah, tell us a little bit about those. Uh, yeah, quite projects. a few bits and pieces. I could use a drink is coming mm. out uh, at the start of May, which I am so excited for, I have been a fan of that album for the longest time. You seem um, like so- you're loving that process. Oh my! It's done now. It's all done. Oh, it's all it's done. All oh wow! Brilliant. We had a day rehearsal and then we recorded it on the second day. So again, it was just a short little process. Um, and I have four songs in that, but really great. Like the casts were amazing. The singing, oh my goodness me, unbelievable, so good. Um, so I'm really excited for that, and that's very much up my street in yeah, terms of yeah, style. Yeah. Like it's very pop. Um. It's, it's like acting. It's, I really, 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 really passionately love that. I love that album. I have done for the longest time. So then to get to be part of the like the UK, UK premiere cast of that, I was just like, yes, please. I've got Millennials coming up in oh, yeah. um, May, at the end of May at MT Fest, which is in person. So people can get tickets for that, which was announced today. Nice. today. So I'm very, very looking forward to that. Obviously, I released See You with Elliot nearly two years ago now, which mm. is absolutely bonkers. Which did so um, well. Everyone loved that. Yeah, I mean, that was amazing because that was kind of a quick a quick little turnaround. Elliot said, I've written this song. I would love for you to sing it. I've booked a studio and he's written some incredible music. And then Luke Shepard, who directed and Juliet and Rent, is directing the workshop. And Katie Richardson, who's the musical director of Six in town, is the musical director. So we've got an amazing team of people behind it, which is exciting because these guys exciting. are like, like masterminds in new musicals and mm. things, which is so exciting. And, and you know, I love new musicals. I love being able to kind of put your own slant on things is is kind of where the excitement for me lies yeah um which is so exciting um because there's pressures um, in different places it's not a pressure to fulfill something that someone else has done it's it's exactly more of an that. opportunity for yourself to do something that you want to be doing exactly that exactly that it's about putting your own spin on it um and then obviously hair at the palladium yeah. in june 
and in Southampton at the Mayflower, which is really, really exciting as well. I've never done a show at the Palladium, so kind of terrified. Also yeah. very, very excited. It's like a prestigious venue and I can't believe I'll be performing there. I need to keep pinching myself, actually, and reminding myself of that. You and must you've have got to actively pres- stop and sort of look around sometimes when you're in a theatre because it's there are a lot of projects that are constantly being planned and things you've got to be looking forward to. So you must have mm-hmm. to sometimes stop and like pinch yourself in the moment and actually appreciate what's going on around Oh, you. my goodness me. Absolutely. I think it's... It's so important to stay kind of present and in the moment and grateful for what it is you're doing. Like I never, ever, ever took for granted my time at Jamie because I was so aware of like, for me, it was always a dream of mine to be in the West End. And then I was like, maybe when I get in the West End, I'll be I'll be in the ensemble and then I might be able to cover a lead. Um, but I didn't think I'd go straight into like a brand new show, end up becoming the alternate, alternate covering yeah. like, alternate to the, like the lead role. Um, of, a, of a role that had only ever been played by one person like mm. and, and that and it all just kind of happened at once for this show that people were loving that's kind of like I think Jamie is like a dream role for so many people now yeah. and I'm like I can't believe I've done that like that's amazing do you know what I mean yeah we don't give ourselves credit enough sometimes for the things we've done but I do think it's really important to stay present especially as like a jobbing actor we go oh god okay I've got this job now but I need to know what I'm, what's coming next yeah and so much of the time it's about just sitting in the moment enjoying it embracing what it is you're doing now and then going do you know what something will happen something will come I just need to keep putting putting goodness putting kindness out there and and stuff comes full circle I'm such a huge believer in that um so obviously things are returning slowly now and uh May the 17th we'll be able to have indoor performances and then later on it will be uh, full capacity again um you've mentioned that you're looking forward to those stage door interactions and to seeing all the fans and that kind of thing uh but is there anything else you're specifically excited for when theatre is back to normal is it the the moments where you're singing a ballad on stage on your own is it the the bows you know for me it's never the bows i i just feel relieved when i get to the bows i'm like <laughs> i made it <laughs> um no um I, for me, it's just the whole the whole vibe, the whole energy of being around people. Um, it's being in a theatre and hearing live music. Like there truly is like no feeling for me of hearing live music. Even take me out of the equation, just being able to sit and listen to these incredible mm. voca- vocalists sing these amazing songs with a band, an amazing band. I was like, this is what I miss. Yeah. This is what I miss. And I love that feeling of going to the theatre and sitting down. And the most of the time sitting down, to see some friends in something yeah. and just being there to support. Like it's not even necessarily about me being there and me being on stage. Sometimes it's actually nice just to sit down and be entertained and watch something. Um, different things I'm involved with that have kind of said, oh, they might have a little bit more of another life in other in, the, in a few things. Um, but again, that's COVID dependent and like time frame, all those kind of things. So it's just kind of exciting to see where all that stuff kind of goes as well. I'm looking forward to that and seeing what the future holds, I feel like because I feel like it'll be different than it ever was post-corona, because I feel like I don't think anything's in my, especially in my lifetime, has ever stopped theatre in the way that corona just literally put a huge halt and everything just went online. Like, I could have never, ever, ever have predicted that would happen, ever. So I think it's just, and I think I think even if you're a performer that's not performing in a big running long show or whatever, it's about going to support all these things and being aware. I know you're very good for this, because you keep on top of, like, what all the, previous Jamie cast members have done or the current cast members all these people and you kind of keep a tab on what's happening and you go oh my god I've never heard of that show but I really like that form so I'm going to go see it and a lot of the time you'll kind of find new things and and that's really exciting but I think it's about supporting those things supporting new things which is why I think MT Fest is so important as well 
because it's promoting like brand new. I think the majority of it, I could be wrong, is British work. Yeah, I think uh, MC it's Fest, I think work, is, yeah. Which is, which is amazing. Like we need to celebrate that more because look at Jamie. Jamie's a British show. Yeah. And how cool now does that feel to say, be like, yeah, we're a British show, but we've taken over the world. Like six British show taken exactly. over the world. It's yeah. amazing. Like, and all these things have to start somewhere. And like, and I guess for you as well, like, you were you were with with Jamie. You were with us at Jamie at the very very start of that yeah. show when it was a, a little show that had just come to the West End. Yeah, and like you've been with the show as it's evolved and grown as well. You know, do you it's know what so I mean? Weird. And it was when we used to sit in the theatre. I remember like the first sort of time I went back in December 2017. It, it was like I didn't even consider the fact that there would be a time where I'd be sitting in the theatre and know that like 30 percent of the people around me are probably like love it as much as I do have seen it that many times know the whole journey of it it was just like it felt like a although it's quite a big theatre it felt like such an intimate thing at the beginning it felt like and and it still mm-hmm. does have that because of mm-hmm. of its roots it's very much like a family I feel like because of the, the the morals of the story it connects with people in such a way. And I feel like that as well, in terms of like the fan and support culture of the show, like so many people will it literally changed their lives. Like yeah. they brought their parents and they came out or they felt able to be who they wanted to be. And like, that's amazing. That and a show in so can many different that. ways as well, you know, so whether it's someone who exactly a gay guy who, or even if it's someone who does want to be a drag queen or whether it's someone who's just been given confidence through the show mm-hmm. or met their friends There's- through it. You know. exactly all these different reasons um and i feel like that is that's so special like and yeah. i feel like especially with that show which so I, I completely understand why the like the the fan community is there and is is so strong um because yeah. everyone connects like you said for a multitude of reasons but their own personal reasons intertwined in that as well mm. well i can't wait to keep obviously supporting everything you do i'm really looking forward to seeing everything that's lined up and thank you very much for doing this, Lee. Thanks, Matt. I hope I didn't ramble on too much. Of course not, of course not. <laughs> Just a quick reminder now that next week, our news editor, Samuel Teal Chadwick, will be talking about social media and big tech in his episode of Rawcast. I can't believe we've already reached the halfway point of our first series of Rawcast episodes, but I'm sure we'll be back in September with more. And just a little treat for you guys. We've been in contact with Wild Mountain Productions, be producing Monday Night at the Apollo. This includes a lineup of West End performers, including Six's Amy Atkinson, Cassidy Jansen, Waitress's Lucy Jones, Cedric Neal, and Julian Ovenden, along with a whole host of other performers that are yet to be announced. So just for you guys, if you use the code KINGS20, you get 20% off their live stream tickets. Just head over to thespy.com for more information. Next up, we're going to have a little chat with Lucy Gray. She's a contact of mine, a friend of mine, but also a huge Jamie fan. Lucy's been our official photographer for all of our Jamie fan events, as well as filming all of our interviews with the West End Jamies. She's recently graduated from her fashion promotion and communication course at the University of Northampton. So, hello, Lucy. Hi, you all right? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Right, so you're here to talk a little bit about your connection to everybody's talking about Jamie. Obviously, we've we've worked together before. We've done lots um, to do with Jamie. Um, but I want to start with your first time at the show. What was your first experience of seeing everybody's talking about Jamie? So my first experience was actually seeing the live stream. I went to the cinema to see it. Right. I wasn't actually that interested in going to see it. I hadn't really heard much about it. And um, I saw that they were advertising it for... Um, at my local cinema so I was like oh that would be a good way like obviously it's cheaper than actually going to see it yeah of course 
I can get a gauge, see if I like it. And then if I like it, I can go see it. And so I saw the original cast in the live stream and came out of it and the next day booked tickets to see the live show because I just loved it. Like I just came out and I was like, this is my kind of show. Just love the story. It was very like, it was just something I knew I wanted to see in person and loved John's performance. It's interesting because a lot of people had sort of knew the music or knew it really well when they first saw it so then that's probably quite a different experience to what you had yeah definitely I had no clue going in like I I think I'd heard a little section of don't even know it but had no clue about any other story I'd just seen a lot of um like drag posters and just kind of had the assumption it was some sort of like drag show and I hadn't even seen kinky boots at the time so I was very not knowledgeable on anything I didn't watch RuPaul's Drag Race or anything like that so I had no expectations going in and so I got tickets for two weeks later and then went and it just kind of spiraled from there really and (laughs) it never stopped not going back. So we obviously know that you know the community is a big thing there's a lot of people who are very very uh, obsessed with Jamie um yeah like ourselves um how how have you um sort of built friendships and built relationships through the show and obviously now it's died down because of the lockdown and everything um are there certain people that you've sort of kept in your life and kept um because of the show and that you always will you know we all like realized pretty soon off the bat that we all had this love for theater that not many other people seem to share like it was kind of different level of love for it like there's people who say oh I love to go see a show and then I felt like I'd found people that loved it the way I did yeah that's exactly how I feel about the community you know it's 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 a shared love and it's like we all sort of have this understanding about it and it's whether we're just in London or whether we're at a show or stage door it's all sort of it holds us together so in your last year at uni and since you've left you've obviously done uh, quite a lot of uh, experience uh, in photography some of which was with Danny uh, with a camera at West End Musical Drive-In you also went backstage at Waitress and 9 to 5 uh, can you tell me a little bit about those experiences honestly just hearing it back I'm like if you'd have told 10 year old Lucy that she'd have done those things when she was like 21 22 yeah you would have screamed but um yeah so it came about with um, Danny to do the um, Western musical drive-in while um, during um, COVID. So it was very open. It was the drive-in, so it was open air. Um, he got given the chance to give some people who he knew w- was interested in developing a career in photography the chance to come with him because he photographs the drive-ins every Saturday. And so, yeah, I got arranged. I did the Wicked Week. So I had... Um, uh, all the alphabets of the current uh, and the Glinders of the current cast and then Alice Byrne and Sophie Evans from the previous cast and that was just a really fun day just to be able to like experience like have kind of like an all-access day yeah kind of being able to run around go from the front of stage to run around the back and be by the on stage or down by the stairs so that was a really good experience albeit a very 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 cold day yeah <laughs> But yeah, so that was that. And then in my final year of uni, um, I did a journalism module where I had to create a magazine. And I was actually doing a fashion degree, but my fashion tutors knew I loved theatre more than fashion. (laughs) So they were very flexible, luckily, um, and let me do for my final major project. We had to create a 32 page magazine. 
And so I contacted quite probably nearly a hundred people oh um, asking them if there was any, like, I'd love to interview you. I'm doing this magazine for my final project. I'm so interested in like finding out about all the backstage departments, like what you do, what's your involvement. And um, I was actually really lucky. I got the first person I heard back through from was Andrew Hilton, who at the time was the MD for nine to five in London. And I mean, in this life, if you don't ask, you don't get. Exactly. Yeah. That's something we've all learned recently. I'm going to take my chance. I knew I needed photos for the interview. And he was, uh, I was fully expecting a no. He came back five minutes later, like, when's good for you? That's amazing. So I went in, um, actually met David Hasselhoff and the waitress um, backstage one came about exactly the same way. Wasn't it the Um, wig, the wig lady you worked with? Yes. So her name's Suzanne and she was the head of wigs um, at Waitress. And I managed somehow to schedule them on the same day. So I was going backstage at nine to five. I think it was half past five or half past four and then an hour later I was going backstage at Waitress oh my god (laughs) and it it was a lot to take in I feel like I was walking around and like is this my day so it's been a I've had a few runs so performance photography is obviously something you're really interested in you know we always see your finale photos at all the shows um but you know the world is your oyster now where are you where are you looking to go where are you hoping to venture into oh wow so many places so so many places um I was kind of I got kind of knocked back in a little bit in confidence I think um I graduated last summer in like the right smack bang in the middle of the pandemic yeah like obviously all theatres were closed so opportunity wise like being in London being in the midst of all the craziness was very the chance was very slim due to the fact everything was closed yeah it gave me the chance to kind of sit and broaden my horizons on what I want to get involved in and of course when everything opens back up I will be the first person back there in the stores with my camera (laughs) waiting for the um finale shots (laughs) of course I'd love to do some production photography um, I'd love the chance like um, I spoke to Danny a while back he um, his first ever production shots were for Fiverr yeah because then those photos get distributed to like what's on stage and all of that and your name gets around it's that's yeah, a definitely. good way in I've always been a big social media person so um, there's a lot of like companies like what's on stage and um, Society of London Theatre that are obviously big on social media so here's to hoping <laughs> well good luck with everything And thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. It was good to talk. Thank you, Lucy. Peter Brook famously said, I can take any empty space and call it a bare stage. A man walks across this empty space while someone else is watching him, and this is all that is needed for an act of theatre to be engaged. With this in mind, I want to branch out to another form of theatre, because theatre isn't just Les Mis, it's not just Cameron Mackintosh and Andrew Lloyd Webber and musicals and plays. Theatre can really be any sort of performance. So we're going to move over to another performer now, who doesn't do musicals, but does do drag. This queen is well known for doing the UK drag circuit, she's kept us entertained throughout lockdown with her Facebook live concerts, and she's going to be appearing in the upcoming movie adaptation of Everybody's Talking About Jamie, it's Son of a Tutu. Hello Matthew. I How won't it, forgive you for getting me out of bed this early to yeah, do I know, this. Yeah, just so everyone knows, this is 3pm. It's 3pm. 
that. You you asked for that one. Um, I am, as far as I'm concerned. I'm a drag queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of life. course. Yeah. <laughs> How are you? I'm well, thank you. Um, happy that the roadmap is going to plan. Yeah. And so I can't wait until you know we get all the restrictions lifted so we can get back to doing what we do best. May the seventeenth is the is one the first it, big one for you, isn't it? Is, is the first big one. That's when really work starts in earnest. Yeah. So we've, we've had our COVID sabbatical. Yeah. And now let's get back to life. It's going to be nice. Um, so I just want to start quickly. Obviously, everybody knows uh, that, of course, you've done the drag circuit for a long time now. You're a, a seasoned queen, but you're also going to be appearing in the Everybody's Talking About Jamie movie that's hopefully coming soon at some point. Um, what's your experience of the Jamie community, of the fans, um, since you were announced to be in it? Of course, a lot of us will have followed you on social media. So either through social media or in person, what's your experience of, of us? Well, I love the Jamie fans, except one, as in you. Mm, of course. <laughs> but no, it's been great. Um, first of all, it's introduced me to a whole new fan base. But also, they are warm, they are engaged. Um, You guys are enthusiastic, and I love (laughs) that enthusiasm. I really do. And um, it's symbiotic. Um, We give love through the art of the film, and not just the film, but what the film says. And the community has rallied just the way Jamie's classmates rallied around him. Mm. And I think that's just an incredible um, sign or symptom of, you know, what drag is becoming and the acceptance levels. Um, A story that came out of a young boy's um, need and yearning to answer the call of his own DNA and be his authentic self and how he met resistance and ultimately um, acceptance is a story that many of us in the LGBTQ plus industry, outside community and the drag industry have felt and experienced. And so it's lovely to see, but it's also lovely to see how this telling of this story has helped further foster the relations between the wider world and the LGBTQI plus slash drag community. It's a special community and I feel like the idea of celebrating celebrating it and everything it stands for and and um acceptance in that way is is uh, it's celebrating diversity and accepting diversity yeah. it's incredible so how long have you been doing drag for now i've been doing drag in may next month it would be 10 years 10 years that's amazing um how how has your perception of it all changed do you think the drag circuit has really evolved in those 10 years uh, it's catch 22 Um, It has um, evolved and continues to evolve. Um, There, for obvious reasons, as in Drag Race, there has been an explosion of drag. And I'll talk about that in 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 a bit. But aside from that, it has become a lot more diverse. Um, Diversity is not yet at the level it should be. But when I um, came on the drag circuit, it was a white CIS gendered male domain. Yeah. And so there were a few of us drag um, people of colour who um, were on the circuit and we were not allowed to be on the circuit um, 
telling our own narrative, we had to um, display or portray our characters or our art in accordance with the um, expectations of the white community. Mm. And that has changed incredibly in the last 10 years. Um, I'm happy to say there have been a lot more um, people of colour in drag, and that is incredible. Similarly, you also have a lot more female bodies in drag. Yeah. Um, that mainly is, in a funny Catch-22 situation, a byproduct of the RuPaul craze, mm. even though RuPaul Enterprises, Inc., for a long time, did not accept them as worthy participants. Yeah. Um, within the um, pantheon, um, they were just relegated to being fans. Yet, you know, you see a lot more um, AFAB queens, a lot more drag kings, a lot more non-identity, I'm uh, sorry, non-binary um, drag represented in 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 the arts. Yeah. And it's just been an, a wonderful explosion. And I say Catch-22 because, you know, the mothership itself, RuPaul's Drag Race, has been very slow to embrace and accept them. Which is but a bit even, of a contradiction, really, because, you know, the whole community is about acceptance. So then to exclude some certain types of people is, is sort of goes against the morals of what they stand for. It's been a contradiction and it's been a travesty. Do, do you think Drag Race undermines the fun of drag? You know, the, the enjoyment of a night out watching a drag queen. Um, do you think it's a little bit overanalyzed and over turned into something that's too competitive? Here's how I see it. There is a thing called, what I call, trickle-down dragonomics. The fact that um, Drag Race has been so commercially successful has led to an explosion of opportunity for all drag artists. Jamie, the musical slash film, may not even have happened if not of the commercial viability or the expectation of commercial viability by the money men of drag. And so as a result, whether you're on it or not, like myself who's refused to apply until it's been more diverse, especially along gender, it's been more gender diverse, I've refused to because I can't put my name to something that I believe is discriminating against a set gender. But whether you've been on it or not, there's been an explosion of um, drag brunches. There's been an explosion of drag in um, mainstream television, in mainstream culture. So all of us are benefiting from that phenomenon. You've been doing your lockdown lives on Facebook. Um, You know, you've got in the spirit of it. I remember you did your, was it, um, was it bingo or um something for on on victoria beckham's instagram yeah bingo last june last um pride amazing um so you know you've been you've been keeping going and keeping people entertained but obviously we're all holding out for may the 17th and for the everything past that date uh what are you most looking forward to are you looking forward to the singing on stage again talking to people having a drink after the gigs what's what's the thing you're looking forward to the most all of the above yeah what mostly being able to hug strangers again. I'm a tactile person and I love to, when I feel something for somebody, I like to touch them, hug them, you know, just interact with that cluster of DNA. Yeah. (laughs) And the fact 
that that has been curtailed for an entire year um, is the one thing I'm looking forward to the most. Um, yes, don't get me wrong. I, I um, cannot wait to be using a microphone and reverb again mm-hmm. because my singing needs all the help it can get. <laughs> don't put yourself down. Putting myself down, just my singing. <laughs> I wish I could sing like you, darling. <laughs> you've, you've got a beautiful angelic voice, you do. No power um, in it, though. That's the thing. But you don't need power. Um, some of the most beautiful, iconic voices have been ethereal, have just been almost like spirits. And you have that. You're a particularly big fan of Joss Stone, aren't you? Do not start with the Jostonesses. <laughs> Do not start on <laughs> but, <laughs> but moving on quickly yes. before I lose you fans. <laughs> um, yeah, you've got a beautiful voice. But I am honestly looking forward to, you know, being able to interact to entertain people again well we can't wait to see what you do i'm obviously i'm always going to continue supporting you uh whether it's jamie related stuff or not um so i yeah. like thank you for that you've been a great a great 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 support don't know what we did to deserve you but whatever it is i did to be within the community of artists who got lumbered with you <laughs> I- for that i thank the, the spirits of the ages for that yeah i wish people luck when they when they find out that they're um they're going to be involved in a project and then i follow them that's it they're, they're stuck then <laughs> it's like beware 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 <laughs> yeah and then god forbid they they give me any attention back then they're even more locked into it like you are you know <laughs> is that where i went wrong is it that's that's exactly where you went wrong yeah <laughs> Well, thank you very much for doing this. It was lovely to have you on. So we've spoken to an actor, a drag queen, a photographer, but this last guest is somebody who I think really sums up the power of the theatre community. Lucinda Lant, like myself, is a huge fan of Everybody's Talking About Jamie, but she is also my girlfriend. We've met through the musical, and because of COVID rules, we've not actually been able to see it together in person yet, but I think this really sums up the power of theatre and bringing people together. So welcome, Lucinda. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good, thanks. Um, tell me a little bit about your connection to Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Okay, so I first saw the show May 2018 on a school trip. Um, I was quite obsessed with the musical already, but I'd only really been listening to the soundtrack. So I was really excited to see it. Um, and yeah, I've, all my friends were laughing at me because of how much I was like crying during it because <laughs> I was like the biggest fan out of all of us who were seeing it. Um, but it was a brilliant experience. Um, I was pleased that I got to see the original cast because um, then after that, it was quite a long time before I then next saw it. So it was nice that I had that experience. So did you know the music the first time you saw it? Yeah, I remember um, quite vividly, um, but like I must have been like a couple of months before I went to see it with school. Um, I was on, I can't remember where I was going. I was like a road trip sort of thing. And then I watched like the trailer, you know, the Sheffield Theatres one that mm. they had out. Yeah. And I watched it on repeat, like the entire car journey and learned the choreography in the car. <laughs> um, so how, how did it so, compare when you saw the show in real life? Um, how did that feel for the first time? It was like, it was so strange because obviously I'd been listening to the music. I'd been watching YouTube videos. It, it felt so surreal to actually see it on stage. Um, but I remember I was like kind of doing the choreography in my seat because I knew it off my heart. <laughs> <laughs> did you see John the first time you went? You did, didn't you? Yeah. And then Luke um, the second time. Yes, and then Luke and then Leighton. 
So that would have been the same sort of time as the when you came to our uh, second fan event. Uh, can yes. you tell us a little bit about your experience of the events and the sort of Jamie community that's <laughs> been at those events? Yeah, so um, at the first fan event, I was very much a huge, huge obsessive fan. I remember when Leighton walked in at the fan event, I started crying. I remember your tears, you were crying your eyes out. I was like, wait, what's what's happened to this girl? Is she okay? Yeah, I mean, I definitely say at the two fan events I've been at, I was very different people in both of them. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was such a cool experience to kind of be there around other people who knew the show because up until then, I hadn't really had that experience. Like when I saw it in May 2018, I was with school but like nobody else was a huge fan like me um previously and all throughout that year of 2018 I was a huge fan but here in Newcastle there was nobody else really who I feel like felt the same as me so it was lovely to kind of be in the room with others. So after you met some of these people at the events how did your experience of being in Newcastle and far away from the show change did you still feel connected with the community even though you were that far out? I think it was difficult after the first event because I think there was quite a long period of time where I felt quite disconnected because I was so far away but I kind of managed to kind of keep coming up and seeing people um, and I mean social media is such a great way to kind of keep in contact with these people. And so uh, now the shows you know everything's died down a little bit because of the lockdown and everything and it's been a while since everyone's been together at the events and at the show how do you feel about some of the sort of friendships and relationships you've made with people is there people who have stuck around people who you know you'll you'll stay in touch with for a long time because of the show? Yeah, I mean, I've met so many people through the show, but I think especially people who are more my age, um, I've kind of kept a connection with um, over lockdown because we're kind of going through similar things, whether that's auditioning for drama schools or during A-levels, whereas it's kind of, unfortunately, people who probably weren't my age or people who I haven't seen in a while who I've probably grown to be more distant with. But I hope that after this um, <laughs> lockdown's over, I can kind of rekindle my friendship with some of those people. Um, and as Miss Hedge asks Jamie in the first scene, what are your plans career-wise? What are you planning to do? <laughs> so um, I'm doing a degree in jazz at London Studio Centre starting from September. Um, so I don't really know where that'll take me, really. Um, I guess it, with this industry, it's so broad and there's so many things that that could kind of lead me to. Um, and I'm open to doing lots of different things. I'm not really, like, I don't have a set thing that I want to do I'm kind of open to many things I love acting um, I'm getting better at my singing <laughs> um, and yeah I love dance so I'm so excited for doing that kind of every day and just seeing how I improve over the course of the three years. So you're moving to London in September is there anything you're specifically excited about other than specifically seeing the shows anything around theatre land in the community that you're excited to get back to and to to have a part uh, as a part of your life regularly? Yeah well I think um aside from obviously the West End sort of shows there's a lot of events that I kind of felt like I was missing out on when I was in Newcastle whether that's like concerts like I know Duke Bear does a lot of concerts and I always think oh I wish I could go to them but um trains are expensive and everything and a lot of things that I'd quite like to do kind of on a last minute sort of basis when people like suddenly tickets become available or um fan events and like if I had something on in Newcastle and I couldn't travel down I'd be really um having the fear of missing out <laughs> so um yeah. it's going to be nice kind of just to kind of be a bit more spontaneous in my plans with people in London and just not have to worry about everything so much. Well, thank you very much for coming onto the podcast, Lucinda. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Huge thank you to all the guests who have been on today. I just want to round up by saying, you know, so many people ask me, why have you seen the show 60 plus times? Like, 
like why but surely you get bored of seeing it so many times the same thing and yeah i do and but i'm not going to see the same song being sung over and over again that's not what it's about it's not about seeing the same costumes and hearing the same story although maybe for some people that is the reason there's an indescribable buzz in the theater that has been there since the first time i saw the show knowing that people are around you who are being moved by the story in different ways and in similar ways to you there's usually someone in the theater who follows the fan account who's followed the journey they might have never seen the show before or it might just be their first time seeing this jamie or this loco chanel and that's one thing that covid has really affected that I love so much, meeting the people. People who feel the same way about the show as I do. I love it when they come up to me either in the theater or at the fan events or even at stage door after the show or sometimes even just around Soho in the daytime. Some of whom I'll know from lives and some of whom I won't know because you know there are 12,000 people following us. I'm just really grateful that I've been a part of this community and that I've sort of led the community in a way with some of the things we've done. As I said in a recent article that I wrote for Broadway World, this year has been a really ambiguous one for us all. But Grace and I have worked really hard to keep the flame alive with our big virtual Jamie quiz and lots of Zoom calls. We're all holding our breath for the next explosion of energy in the community, which can only really happen when the show's up and running. Even Disney recognised the value of our community, and we're in talks with them regarding the promotion for the upcoming movie adaptation of Jamie. Because it really is a special shared love for the same thing, and of course I focused on everybody's talking about Jamie, but theatre is way broader and a hugely international thing. And I hope that's something we all appreciate as we return to the theatres and they get open. We have to support them and we have to do our best to fill the seats and um, show the actors some love because they've not worked for a year now and uh, we, we mustn't overlook that. Theatre really is everywhere, whether it's virtual, whether it's productions like Fiverr at the Southwark Playhouse or Jamie or the classics. I really hope this podcast has reminded us all of the role that theatre plays in our lives. Thank you so much for listening and join us next week for another episode of Rawcast with another host. Thank you guys. Thank you.